Hey, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit again this week. Uh, man, did Isaac preach a word last week or what? And it was a timely word. Uh, I was tuning in uh, via the stream and, and uh, it, was, it was what I needed. Everything, actually, everything about last week's service. Uh, uh, thank, thank you all for giving me the freedom to be available for my family uh, during the time of loss. Um, but, but also thank you for just having church. You know, a lot of times smaller fellowships are ultra dependent on, you know, they become ultra dependent on a personality, the, the personality of the pastor or whatever. So if the pastor has to be away. It's almost, yeah, I don't know if you've been a part of smaller churches, but it's almost like things don't function all the time. But yet it was just, it's encouraging because uh, this fellowship is not about me. It's about Christ and what he's doing here in the community, in the greater community. So even if, even if I am away, man, y'all are still having church. That's, I love that. I love that. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, but everything to do with him and his worthiness. So uh, everything about last week from the songs to even the pivot song where J.J. changed the game plan up for the praise team and, you know, imagine that. Uh, but that song Anchor was exactly w- what I was leaning on uh, and, and uh, just the, the, the word that Isaac spoke. Uh, man, it was a good word. So, so this week we're going to get back into the fruit of the Spirit uh, to any of our guests today, thank you all for being here. You could have been any place else, but you chose to be here. I want to encourage you uh, after service, if you haven't already done so, we've got uh, some cards over here on the table that says new here. Uh, you can fill that, fill that out. That'll get a, give us a chance to get to know you a little bit, and then we can, we can send you some info uh, about our website and things going on in the church. That'll give you a chance to get to know us a little bit more. So, Whitney, I'm going to embarrass you today, uh, only because I want to say, first of all, I'm glad you're here. And <laughs> but, but uh, I do want to say that your stepmom is a huge for the Butler family. Uh, she was a huge blessing to uh, my daughter Lily, and and actually was the one who uh, spotted and figured out that she was dyslexic, and uh, that started the, a series of of very helpful treatments for her. Um, and so, which uh, Whitney's stepmom was Lily's second grade teacher. For those of you who've been a part of Ridian Elementary, her stepmom is Jackie Shaw, the great Jackie Shaw. Uh, and, and we, the, the butlers love, and, and that's how Lily, when Lily had her, she was not Mrs. Shaw. She would come home and say, Dad, this is what Jackie Shaw told me today. And I was like, that's your teacher. You got to say Mrs. Shaw. She said, that's Jackie Shaw. So it's like Jackie Chan is Jackie Shaw. So for the butler. So anyways, but thank you for being here with me. Uh, hey, let's get into the word of God. We got some holy information and some good news for you that we want to share today. We're talking about the fruit of the spirit. The Holy Spirit is so awesome. We've learned that he's a comforter. We learned that he was the paraclete is the Greek word for it. And that means that he has the ability to come alongside. The word paraclete means to come along and walk beside you. And I don't know about you, but man, we've faced some things in life that I don't want to have to walk through alone. And yet the Holy Spirit of God, his actual spirit will come along and walk beside you. We learned about gifts of the spirit, that there are gifts of the spirit, that the Holy Spirit puts his super onto your natural and allows you to do some supernatural things. Uh, But none of those gifts would be effective uh, if they were used in a selfish way, we learned that all those gifts are supposed to be used to bless, to edify the body. You know, that's why someone said, you know, I've had people t- say, hey, someone spoke a word over me, a prophetic word over me, and it has disturbed me so bad. 
And I said, really, did it disturb you? Yeah, I don't know if it's God or not. Well, it disturbed you, yes. Did it edify you? No. Okay, then it wasn't God. <laughs> because if anyone is going to use a gift, doesn't mean that a, a challenging word won't be spoken over you that may knock over your ant pile, but, but at the same time, you'll, you'll be able to say, hey, man, I needed that. And that, that was corrective. I need to change course. So any, any type of gift of the Spirit that's going to be utilized is for the sake of building up, edifying the body. And if it's not doing that, well, then chances are it may not be the Holy Spirit. Uh, then we go on to learn that there are fruit or evidence of the Holy Spirit or attributes of the Holy Spirit. That if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, these are things that start cropping up in your life. Okay? And it really, it's, it's the attributes of Jesus. And it makes you more like Jesus. So we're taking a look at it. Uh, uh, last two weeks ago, we studied about the first, first few of them. But in Galatians chapter 5, Paul says this, starting with verse 22. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy. Notice love is the first fruit, right? And, and I've heard it preached, I said this two weeks ago, I've heard it preached where the fruit of the Spirit is love. And everything else is kind of a derivative of love. Right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So I, I said it earlier, you can go through the, some of the most difficult times in your life and still experience love, joy, and peace because of the Holy Spirit alive in you. Patience, which means an even temper or forbearance, kindness, goodness, or benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, which means self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law. There is, think about it, we are, we, we are so worried about folks outlawing things like, like they do in other country, countries when it comes to our faith, exercising our faith. And I don't know, the day may come that, that they pass laws to keep us from gathering together. It, it really kind of shook some of us when, when we had to quarantine. And, and there, were, there was a mandate from the federal government that shut down gatherings, even religious gatherings. That, that made us nervous, you know, because we've, we've kind of been scared of that a little bit. <laughs> but, but real Christianity isn't even about what we're doing today. Real Christianity is about manifesting this kind of stuff in your life. And this is stuff that they'll never pass a law. There is no law that keeps you. And Paul was writing this right in the middle of uh, the Roman Empire. You want to talk about... Uh, some, some, some massive government, gov government interference, <laughs> you know. Uh, so he's writing this right in the middle of that. So today, this, this is the fruit we're going to talk about. Oh, there we go. Patience, kindness, goodness. We're going to talk about those three fruit. Two, two weeks ago, we learned about love, joy, and peace. Today is patience, kindness, goodness, now, according to good old Webster's, man, Webster's can be annoying sometimes. You, if you read Webster's Dictionary, patience says this. Whew, this will preach right here on its own. Suffering, patience means, you can, you can take three definitions from it. Suffering, afflictions, pains, toils, calamity, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper. Anyone failed at that this week? <laughs> <laughs> endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. <sighs> I told you Webster's is anointed, man. He's preaching all over me. The act of waiting long 
for justice and expecting good without discontent. If you can't say amen, say oh me. That's what it. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. Isn't that beautiful? He chose you to be the holy people that he loves. Man, what an awesome God. He says, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So when you wake up in the morning and you start putting your clothes on for your day and you're getting your shirt on and your jeans on and your, your, your shoes on, whatever it is you're putting on in your heart, you need to be clothing yourself with, with uh, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and don't forget to put on your patience. You don't want to leave the house without your patience. Say, I need God to make me patient. No, he doesn't. God does not make you patient. You already have it in you. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the seeds for this fruit in you. You have the seeds to be patient. You just need to submit to the Holy Spirit. These are all things that happen when you submit to the Holy Spirit. You remember the other week I said, you don't, uh, God doesn't take your temper away from you. Say, well, I got a temper. I need God to take it away from me. No, you submit it to God. He's waiting on you to give it. He doesn't take it from you. You submit it. Here it is, God. Here's my temper. Same thing with patience. I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. Well, submit that to the Lord. All right, I'm going to give this to you. Okay? Uh, so he says, hey, when you're, when you're getting dressed in the morning, clothe yourself with all this, and then clothe yourself with the ability to suffer afflictions, pains, toil, calamity, or other evil with a calm and ruffled temper. <laughs> Don't forget to put on your ability to endure without murmuring or fretfulness. That's what patience means, right? Hey, don't, for, don't forget to button up your ability to act, uh, to, to, to wait long for justice, expecting good without discontent. Ephesians 4 and 2 says this, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Who's he talking to? Believers. He's not even talking about, hey, be patient with these heathen out in the world, <laughs> you know. No, he's talking about believers. He's saying, be patient with each other. In other words, when it comes to me, y'all have to have the ability <laughs> to suffer afflictions, pains, and toils, calamity, or other evils uh, with a calm and unruffled temperament. He says, he says, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Love was the first fruit on this vine of the Holy Spirit, right? He said, because of that, you get to be patient with each other. Man, we should be the most patient, chill people on the planet when it comes to dealing with each other. According to the Word of God. What a challenge. Wouldn't it be awesome to be known in this community and in the greater community of, man, the folks down there, that fellowship, the gathering church, Man, they, they got a lot of patience. They'll work with you. You know? They don't get too upset too easily. That's what Paul's talking about. Psalm 27, 14 says this. Even when it comes to us and the Lord, you know, we got microwave Christianity going on, don't we? We pray a prayer. We want God to answer it instantly. Matter of fact, with the microwave, we're so, how many of y'all stand by the microwave and you're sitting there waiting and waiting 
and, and you're heating up whatever it is, your hot pocket or whatever it is you're trying to heat up. And, and you know, the minute 45 you got to cook it isn't even fast enough, you know. Come on. How many of y'all like drive through the, the fast food drive through You give your order and you want to be able to like pay and then on your way out without tapping the brakes, just have them like pass the bag out to you, right? That's the society we live in. God doesn't always act like that. He doesn't work like that. You know, I think it's Tilly that said, you know, people say, you know, God, he's an on-time God. God's always on time. And Tilly says, yeah, but he's never early. Say, well, I, you know, I need God to move. Well, just wait a while. Stick around. He'll move at his time. So it says, wait patiently for the Lord. So for the Lord, for the sake of the Lord, for the sake of his purpose, for the sake of his plan, we need to be willing to have the ability to suffer afflictions, pains, toil, calamity, or other evils with a calm and unruffled temper. We, we need to be able to endure without murmuring or fretfulness. The act of, we, we need to be able to wait long for justice and expect good without discontent. For the Lord, not just for each other, but for him. Be brave, courageous, yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Why? Because if you can wait patiently, look what the Word of God says. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who wait for the Lord, if you're being patient for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, you're going to change and renew your strength and power. You'll lift up your wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. When you wait patiently on God to do his work and his plans, I've been waiting for a while. I've been praying for God to move in this situation. And, and what am I supposed to do? Just wait. Just wait. Why? Because when you wait and you just trust in him, you, you mount up with eagle's wings. Do you realize how high eagles fly? A, just a, just a run-of-the-mill run of bald eagle. Not even an athletic bald eagle, but just an average B student bald eagle, right? Can fly 10,000 10, feet. That's almost two miles, two miles up. It's like 1.89 miles. That's pretty high. So in other words, if you'll just wait on him, he'll allow you to transcend the situation. You may be in the situation, but you're above the riffraff of it. You know, you may be in the situation, but the situation doesn't have to be in you all of a sudden. And you're going to be able to, to run and not be weary. You'll be able to walk and not faint. I've, I've watched that with my sister over the last week and a half. And with Christina, my, my nephew's wife, they both are believers, spirit-filled believers. And I've watched in the midst of this tragedy and this heartache with losing my nephew. They've both, they've just kept walking They've kept walk, They've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, but they've not become faint. They've not lost heart. They've clung to the Lord. You know, sure they cry, sure they have moments, but all of a sudden, before the day's out, there's laughter. There's there's joy. There's goodness. And then it's back to some crying, and it's you know it's the gamut of everything. But I've watched this scripture be true for them, right? Kindness. We're going to go quick. Everyone say kindness. kindness. 
kindness is really a lifestyle. If you hang out with kind people, you realize it's not just them being kind. They just are kind, right? This is what, uh, uh-oh, I skipped one. Where am I at? Oh, kindness. Kindness is goodwill, benevolence, that temper which delights in contributing to the happiness of others, which is ex- exercised cheerfully in gratifying their wishes, supplying their wants, and alleviating their distress. Isn't that a beautiful definition? That you can actually show kindness by just blessing people. And it's a lifestyle. You know, a lot of Christians become so consumed with being right. We got to prove our point. We got to prove our theology. We got to defend the truth. You got to defend truth. God is truth, right? He's ultimate truth. You need to defend truth. You need to, def- God needs defense. Hey, good luck with that. Got to defend, got to defend truth. No, truth is truth. Truth is truth whether you want to defend it or not. And, and I, I, I love, love this concept. If ever you're given a chance to be right or kind, choose being kind. Look, look what the Word of God says. Love is, it doesn't say love is right. <laughs> love is correct. Love wins the debate. Well, love does conquer all, the Bible says. But love is patient and it's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. So love, if you're walking according to the law of love, you're, you're going to be willing to just bless people, right? Oh, it's, it's, it's being on around me today. Y'all be patient. Proverbs eleven seventeen: the merciful, kind, and generous man. No, notice it doesn't say the merciful and correct man, right man, you know. There, I'm right. I told you I'm right. See, us preachers, we get caught up in that sometimes because we want, you know, we feel like we want to defend our theology. You know, we want to defend our stance, our, our interpretation of Scripture, right? And sometimes it's just, no, just uh, theology doesn't change lives, but love and kindness does change lives. The merciful, kind, and generous man benefits himself, for his deeds return to, to bless him. But he who is cruel and callous uh, to the wants of others, uh, he, winds, he, winds up, he brings on himself retribution. So if you are kind, say, why do, I want to, why do I want to be kind to everyone? Some people get on my nerves. Why can't I just ignore them? Or why can't I let somebody else be kind to them? Because when you're kind to them, you're not just blessing them, you're ultimately blessing yourself. Isn't that wonderful that the Holy Spirit provides a fruit that not only blesses others, but it blesses you. Because typically fruit is not for you. If you are a tree and you bear fruit, you don't get anything from the fruit. Everybody else gets to eat the fruit, not you. And all the fruit of the Spirit is to bless others, is to impact this world. Right? Let's keep moving. Everyone with me still? Anybody else hot? (laughs) If you can't say amen, say oh me. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, see that none of you repays another with evil for evil, but always aim to show kindness and to seek to do good to one another and to everyone else. All right, now let's go on to goodness real quick. It's almost the same thing as kindness, really, if you start looking at it. But, but it's goodness. It's really the act of doing good. The disposition to do good. 
You know, if God is good and God is alive in you, therefore you are good. You are washed in the blood of the lamb. All your sins have been forgiven. Your past has been eradicated. Now you are good. Now the fruit of the spirit allows you to go do good. Okay. Goodwill, kindness, charitableness, charitableness. There you go. The love of mankind accompanied with the desire to promote their happiness. Think about it. The Lord puts his Holy Spirit in you and you become a person who is consumed with enjoying others becoming happy. All of a sudden it's not about number one anymore. Look it out for me. I deserve to be happy. Well, hey, I've got the Lord. I got everything I need. I want to see you blessed and see you happy. Isn't that a wonderful mindset? Lord, help us to live like that. Help me to live like that. Psalm 105, for the Lord is good. God is good. If you got the Lord, you've got goodness. If you don't have the Lord, you can fake it and try to fake it until you try to make it or whatever, but you can act, try to act good all you want, but it's going to be short-lived. All good and perfect things come from above, the Lord, the Bible says. So, the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness and His truth endure to all generations. Psalm 23 and 6, this is what I love. Who's following you today? Who's following you? Well, if you're walking with the Lord, I'll tell you two things that are following you. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. God's goodness is in hot pursuit of you all the days of your life. When you wake up in the morning, guess who's running towards you? Something's chasing you. It's the goodness of God. Isn't that wonderful? Via the Holy Spirit. It will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now watch this, Acts 10 and 38. It's talking about Jesus. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. That's the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. The Bible says the same, Holy, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is alive and quickens your mortal body. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good. So he has the Holy Spirit and he's starting to bear the fruit of the Spirit, isn't he? He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil uh, for God was with him. Isn't that awesome? To know that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now understand this. Jesus didn't work one miracle until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Until he went and was baptized. You remember John, John the Baptist baptized him and, and he said that he saw the Holy Spirit descend on him. And, he, and John said, man, it looked like a dove. It looked like a big old dove coming down on him. I saw the Holy Spirit come upon Christ. So Christ, even though he, some folks say, well, I, I, I think he did miracles because he was the son of God. Well, he was the son of God, but he was also 100% man. He was human. And, and so he didn't do one miraculous act until he, was, he received the Holy Spirit. And then it, it says that it empowered him and he immediately went around doing good. Isn't that awesome to know God didn't save you just so that you could come on Sunday morning and sit in a seat and enjoy church. But he empowered you with the Holy Spirit, not only to make you good, to make you cleansed and to make you whole, but so now you are empowered to go do good. You're empowered to share Jesus everywhere and to, and to 
reflect him everywhere, in the markets, at your home, in your schools, on your jobs, wherever it is. Say, uh, they don't let us talk about our faith or religion. You don't have to talk. Matter of fact, the best sermons are actually lived out rather than spoken out. And so you are empowered to do good. So this week, that's your homework. Pray that the fruit of patience manifests in your life. I don't know what you're going to face, but whatever you face, ask yourself, am I murmuring about it? Am I complaining about it? Am I waiting for justice? Lord, it's not fair that I'm having to do this. You've seen what they've done to me. It's not fair. I need justice. He may agree with you, but he's waiting to see if you're going to murmur about it. You know, Lord, I'm going through some hardship. Yes, and I've overcome the world. So be patient. If you trust in him, you can wait on him. And you're going to mount up with wings. You're going to walk and not faint. You're going to run and not be weary. Ask for the patience to be manifest in your life. Ask for kindness. Lord, give me an opportunity to be kind to somebody. Someone who can't even repay the kindness. Someone who has no chance of ever repaying me. In some way that nobody will even know about. I'm not going to get any press for this. But give me an opportunity to show kindness. Why? Because I need to bear that fruit in my life. Lord, I don't want to just be good in your sight. I want to do good for you. Give me an opportunity to do good, to have goodness manifest in my life. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Lord, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. I pray that it continues to become alive, to become real, to become active in each and everyone who's here today. Holy Spirit, we want to talk with you every day. We want to walk with you. We want to include you in all of our ways. We want to acknowledge you, whether it's just from the way that we eat, to the things that we say, to the people that we hang with. We want to get clearance from you. We want to get direction from you. Teach us to hear you. Teach us to obey you. Because we know that you only speak what the Father has to say about us. And you'll only guide as the Father directs and guides us, Lord. Holy Spirit, empower us with, our, with the gifts, but empower us most of all with love and with all the fruit that we can bear for others so that we can be a blessing and expand the kingdom of God. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.